All right, welcome everybody to Studio B. I am your host, Pastor MDH. Thank you again for joining us on the set. Uh, make sure that no matter where you are watching us from, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, that you like, follow, subscribe, and comment so that you don't miss one single episode of what's happening here on the set of Studio B. Uh, today, today, today is a uh, one of those kind of days where you do a lot of uh, introspective um uh, looking within and looking without. Um, there's a lot of things that have happened uh, just in this last week here in 2021. Uh, we've crossed over to a new year, but it seems as though some of the old stuff from 2020 have followed us into 2021, and we are already um, at a state of high alert um, here in America. So I want to I want to lay something before you today, and I want to talk to you from my heart, man. I was really um, bothered and troubled by a lot of things that's been going on in our nation and in our world. And so I want to give you a bird's eye perspective from my, at least from my vantage point, and then kind of talk to you about a couple of different things that we see going on here in the world. Um, when you're looking at America, uh, America, 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 the land of the free, home of the brave, uh, you ask yourself a question, what is it about America that brings people from all around the world? Um, they cross the Atlantic, they brave extreme conditions, they risk life and limb, uh, all to make it to the shores of America. And in my international travels all around the world, and God has blessed me to be able to do that, um, no matter where I go, America is held in high regard as the land of opportunity. And so no matter what country I may go to, whether that's Africa, South Central America, anywhere along the Caribbean, Europe, no matter where it may be, America is always that place that people want to try to get to. You know, and they ask questions like, what is it like in America? How do you do this? And they are astounded many times by the freedoms by which we enjoy. And so when you got America being America, these United States of America, what is it that will get somebody to get in a boat and cross the Atlantic or attempt to cross the Atlantic? What is what is happening in America that will get somebody to brave um, the conditions and walks miles upon miles upon miles um, to get to the borders of our country? What is going on in America that makes this the land of destination? And I would just simply tell you, it's just simply one word. It's the freedoms. It's the freedoms that we enjoy. It's the freedoms that have been enshrined um, in America. And I've said before that America in no way, shape or form has always lived up to the creeds of those sacred documents uh, written in 1776, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution and the things in which we hold true. So there's a lot of things within the framework of those documents that were not applicable, even though they were written uh, uh, on the paper and they were founded upon those documents. There was a lot of the, uh, the practices that were not being adhered to at the writing of those particular documents. But the founding of America is based upon freedom. And when you look at America, 
um, and all the things that we enjoy here um, that are enshrined in these sacred documents that we hold to be true, people risk life and limb to get to these shores. And so America, warts and all, the good, the bad, and the indifferent, America is the land of opportunity. Now, it's not the only land of opportunity by no stretch of the imagination, but you never hear about anybody risking life and limb to get to Africa or get to um, Canada or get to Central and South America or get to Europe. Um, nobody's doing stuff like that. They're trying to get to the shores of America for refuge, for peace, uh, for safety and sanctity. Um, America has, within its history, been a place that welcomes those from all around the world. But the problem with America is that America doesn't know its problem. And the problem with America is that we have been so deeply divided um, over its 240 plus year history. We have had fractions all within America um, through this particular party, that particular party, that conflict, this conflict, this war, that war. Um, America has always had fractions within it. Um, but it seems as though in these last few years, uh, I would even say over the last decade, actually, um, that those fractions in America have been widening. And when you look at America and how it was been, uh, how it was founded, um, the principles by which it was set, um, America was founded on dissension. So it was not a bunch of people in the same room agreeing about the same thing. America was founded uh, upon dissension. And so when America broke away from Great Britain, there were Americans who said, well, why do we have to leave Great Britain? Um, Great Britain has been good to us. Why do we need to leave? And so America has been built on dissensions. So dissensions is not necessarily a bad thing at all. And I've often said that um, in order to have an authentic relationship, an authentic uh, relationship or friendship, whatever it may be, a relationship must be able to handle disagreements. If a relationship cannot handle disagreements, then the relationship is flawed and it will not last. However, we're living right now in a time where dissension is absolutely not being tolerated. Um, different opinions are not being tolerated. The public forum has now become a square boxing ring where we just kind of knock it out and hope that somebody gets KO'd. Um, the public forum where was once a place in time where we would come to express ideas of all different opinions and different sorts, but the public forum allowed for those disagreements and those agreements, if you will. But now the age of where we in right now, social media um, notwithstanding, uh, we are at a point right now to where disagreements are just absolutely no longer tolerated. If you look at America right now, America, I'm not going to say I'm not going to go so far as to say that America is as divided as it has ever been, um, because a quick trip through history will debunk that. But America is divided. America is absolutely divided. And whether you are Democrat, Republican, independent, whether you are black, white or Hispanic and whether you are rich, poor, um, America is drawing battle lines. And so everybody's got to fall on one side or the other. And that becomes a very dangerous thing when we're talking about America and the principles that, again, have not always been adhered to, but is the reason why so many people uh, want to come to these shores. And so when you're looking at right now the age of dissension, um, it is at epic and toxic levels um, to where we can't get 
uh, either party, whether Republican or Democrat, black or white, to come together in a forum of discussion to talk about issues that can help better humanity. Uh, one side will stay to their side. The other side will stay to their side. And there is not a mixing of the two. Um, we are now in a time right now to where people will be ostracized, um, will be criminalized um, for opinions that they may have about a particular subject. Uh, friendships have been lost. Uh, marriages have been strained. Um, there's a lot of things that have happened right now within our culture over the public forum. And I believe one of the things that drives that is the social media platform. And the social media platform is such is that it gives voices um, to those who otherwise would not be heard. I always um, was told that um, you got the right to speak, but you got to earn the right to be heard. Uh, everybody can speak. That's why God is giving you a voice, but you got to earn the right to be heard. And the problem with social media now is that we are chasing likes and retweets and shares and all of these other things that come along with the norm of the social media platform. And by doing so, by chasing those things, we are not being true to who we are. America was built on dissension. America is strong enough within to handle people with different opinions. Uh, that's what our democracy is supposed to be built upon. Now, we have uh, two major parties in America right now, the Republicans and the Democrats. We also have a slight called the Independents. But for the most part, we got Democrats and Republicans. And these particular parties set the tone, bring forth laws, enforce policies um, for the good of America. And, and, and in the grand scheme of things, it is a beneficial system to have two parties who don't directly see eye to eye on all subjects because you don't want just everybody agreeing to the same thing. So the party system that we have in America can be uh, a beneficial system for the good of all Americans. However, when we get into the place to where we begin to start um, to silence voices that we do not agree with, we start to get in very dangerous territory, very, very dangerous territory. And so when you're looking at what's going on in America, where we have lost the ability or, or excuse me, or losing the ability to have civil conversations in the midst of disagreement, we have a problem. Uh, we have a problem. We have a problem. We absolutely have a problem. And one of the greatest treasures that we have um, is this thing called the Bill of Rights. It's enshrined in our Constitution. And I want to just kind of give you this from my uh, from my vantage point. I, um, as a pastor, um, my voice is to me the hands of the mechanic. So just what a, the, the hands of a mechanic would be to him, that's the way that he makes his livelihood. That's the way that he takes care of his family is without his hands, a mechanic wouldn't be uh, much good at what he does. For me, I use my voice. That is what God has gifted me with to impact the world through the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and public speaking and all the things that I do in regards to my voice. So my voice is my advocate. And so my voice is being used to propagate beliefs that I hold deep within my heart, uh, truths that I try to make sure that I research before I come on any public forum and, and spew them aloud. Uh, I try to make sure that I am well versed in the areas by which I am speaking on 
um, especially that being the gospel of Christ. And so as I use my voice, I want to use my voice in a way that is beneficial and that will bring people to a closer assembly. I want people to be better with the gift that God has given me. But I understand that this voice and the beliefs that I have, not everybody is going to agree with. Um, I come out of a biblical worldview. I hold the belief that the Bible is true, that it is the inerrant word of God and that the scriptures are breathed by God and that it is profitable for reproof and correction and instructions in righteousness that the man or the woman of God may be equipped for every good work. So I hold to the core of my belief, the Bible as the inspired word of God. But I understand that people will not always agree with that. There are people out there that do not believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. There are people out there that do not stake their life and their eternity upon the word of God. I understand that, that we're living in a world right now to where people will not always agree with what you say. And guess what? It's okay. But when we begin to start to um, disassociate people, when we begin to start to punish people, when we begin to start taking things away because people say things that we don't agree with, we have a problem. America is the land of the free. There's a reason why America is not China. Uh, there's a reason why we're not a communist or socialist or a fascist government. Uh, we can do things in America that other people in other countries and other parts of the world cannot do. And that's one of the things that makes America great. And, and not a tagline, but one of the things that makes America great for all of us, those of us who are watching uh, via YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, uh, no matter what platform, whether you on Spotify, Pandora, Google, Apple Podcast, you are afforded an opportunity to access uh, information in a free form. That's one of the great things about America. And one of the greatest things about America could also be one of its greatest downfalls. And so now we have entered into a space in our public forum to where we can no longer handle disagreements. And, and hear this, everybody. Nobody wants a yes man. A yes man ain't good for nothing but filling a chair. Everybody, nobody wants a yes man. You want people around you that will not always agree with you. You want people around you that have some varying opinions because sometimes you can walk with blinders on and you're so focused on that goal that you can't see anything else around you. And so a descending opinion can actually be very beneficial for your life. And when you're talking about these things or where we are right now, um, there are some things that have happened in our land um, over these last couple of weeks that I want to talk about. Some, I believe, personally are more important than others. Um, but there is a thing that's going on in our world right now that we just got to address. Um, America, as, as, as good as it is, as great as it is, and as many opportunities that it affords, America is a secularized nation. Uh, although we can draw a lot of our creeds, a lot of our laws back to biblical principles, uh, America, America is not a Christian nation. America is not a Christian nation. 
Uh, even though the Barna poll back in 2016 says that 73 percent of all Americans consider themselves to be Christians or to have some type of affiliation with the Bible. Please don't please don't take that to heart. Seventy three percent of all Americans are not Christians. America is not a Christian nation. America is quickly turning into a pagan nation. We are quickly abandoning the very things that made us the nation while so many people wanted to come to our shores. America is not a Christian nation. That may be a surprise to some, but it's absolutely the facts. America is a nation that has Christians, but we are not a Christian nation. And so to 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 talk about all of the truths of the Bible and not then be able to practically apply apply that brings us to where we are currently at. America is quickly turning into a pagan and a secularized society where the man or the woman gets to determine what is right and or wrong. We are now in a spot in our land to where truth is no longer a um, concrete term by which we can all measure our lives. Truth now has become subjective. It has become a part of the reason of the person. And so people now create their own versions of truth. And so there is no mass standard to truth. And in order for truth to be truth, Truth has to be truth regardless of whatever situation it may be in. But now we are in a place right now to where we are relegating truth to experience. And it's causing us to experience great, great heartache. Because America, at one point in time in its history, um, although again, um, ad nauseum I say this, has not always lived up to its creeds, has not always lived up to the documents by which it was founded on. That being true, uh, absolutely the case, and nobody can argue against that. America now, and for the last, I would even say the last 25 to 30 years, when you begin to start to track it, has really begun to start to turn a blind eye toward the things of God. And I'm not even talking about from a national perspective. I'm talking about the individuals that make up the nation. Because America is not just um, the borders of these particular states that that we compromise or that we comprise, but America is built upon individuals. Uh, any nation is not just a nation of borders. It's a nation of people. And so people now, as you look at 2021 and look at all of the melee that we have been going through, um, America is turning a blind eye. People are turning a blind eye to the things of God. I do understand the kind of conversation that this brings about when we start talking about God. We start talking about um, a God and many people don't believe in God. I get that. And that's completely within your right to believe whatever you want to believe. Whether you believe in God or not believe in God, I will fight for the right for you to believe in whatever you want to believe in. Because I have been on record as saying that God is too much of a gentleman to force himself on you. God will never force his beliefs or his personhood on you. So you can believe whatever you want to believe. But I want you to think about this. And I want you to think about the trek that we're on as Americans in our nation. And I'm speaking as an American 
to America. Look at where we are in our nation. Uh, I am not a fire alarm, uh, pull the fire alarm. It's I'm not the chicken little. The the sky is falling. Uh, I'm not going to ring the alarm to that degree. But I do believe that we ought to take note about what's happening in our land. Lawlessness for what the Bible calls lawlessness is now running rampant through our communities. There are things happening right now in our world that should not be going on, that should not be tolerated, that should not be accepted. Whether you're black, white, rich, poor, Republican, Democrat, it doesn't make a difference. There are some things that are right and there are some things that are wrong. Isaiah chapter five, verse number 20 says, woe to the man that calls good evil and evil good. I've just summarized the entire uh, culture of where we are right now in America. People are now classifying good as evil and evil as good. And there's no way we have now reached a point to where we cannot clearly draw the line between good and evil. So everybody, we're in a, we're in a place right now to where I believe God is driving us to our knees. God is driving us to our knees. Decency is not even necessarily a Christian principle. While it is an aspect of Christianity, decency, just just common decency, is not necessarily exclusively Christian. Uh, just to be a decent person and to treat people with dignity and respect, regardless of regardless of whether you agree with them or not, should just be something that you learned at the house. Decency is now going out the window. Um, we're no longer a decent society. Um, and I believe one of the core values or one of the core reasons to that is because we are reshaping this thing called truth. But as a pastor that uses um, my voice, as a person that uses my voice every single day, and I use my voice to propagate a message, to um, to convince and to persuade, I use my voice in the way in which God has given me the ability to do so. One of the things that I think is, is of great consequence is this attack that we have in this public forum. When you're looking at the Bill of Rights, the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, um, it spells out how Americans' rights have rights in relation to their government. It guarantees civil rights and liberties to individuals like freedom of speech, freedom of press, and freedom of religion. It sets rules for due process of law and reserves all powers not delegated to the federal government to the people and the states. And it specifies that the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to deny or to disparage other retained by the people. We got this thing called the Bill of Rights. And the first, as many people have said, and there's a lot of truth to this statement, that the first amendment to the Bill of Rights is maybe one is, is one of the most important, if not the most important to the entire sanctity of our nation. And one of the things that the Bill of Rights talks about is the freedom of speech. Now, I'm getting ready to step on some toes here, but I want you to hear what I'm saying, not from a political party, not from an ethnicity, but just as a person who enjoys and loves the freedoms that you have here in these United States. We had um, a situation here last week 
um, in um, America where on January the 6th, we had a melee. We we had a melee. We had um, several Trump supporters converge in Washington, D.C., to which we had some go in and um, bombard the state capitol, um, taking pictures and selfies uh, in the Congress chambers, uh, knocking down barriers and things of that nature. And so this big melee happened on January the 6th. And now all of these other things are coming out about what happened on January the 6th and all of the stuff that was going on behind the scenes. And President Donald Trump uh, got up on uh, January the 6th and said some things that to his supporters that people on the other side who do not like him viewed as inciting violence. And so from those particular statements, Twitter was the first one to ban President Donald Trump permanently off of their platform, to which now all the other social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, have now all followed suit and banned the president of the United States from speaking on their particular platforms. And the reason that they are giving that they uh, banned um, the president is because that he was inciting violence up on uh, their particular platforms, and it was a violation of their guidelines. I want to challenge that to the 19th power. Um, we all know that we're living in a highly contested, uh, probably in my lifetime of 47 years, the most contested uh, political season that I've ever personally seen. Um, to see the rhetoric on both sides, to see the vitriol on both sides, the poison that is being spewed from both sides. I've never seen this at any particular time in my life. And I don't believe that it's going to get better before it gets. I believe it's going to get worse before it gets better. And so they talked about the reason why they banned him from the Twitter platform is because he was inciting violence. Well, if you know anything about where we are right now in the nation, uh, we just came off of one of the most contested. And again, from my context, the most contested uh, presidential election that we ever had. Now, I know we had Bush Gore back in 2001 with the issue of the hanging Chad and they had to go to the Supreme Court and they had to get that thing settled through the Supreme Court, to which ultimately George Bush came out victorious. I understand that we've had some elections that have been contentious and have even been disagreed with, but we've never had one like this, where the battle lines have clearly been drawn straight down the middle of America. And now you have 75 million people who voted for Trump. You had 80 million people that voted for Biden. You literally, in every sense of the word, have a divided nation. And a divided nation, not just in politics, but a divided nation in racial um, issues, in economic issues. America is more divided, and excuse me, America is divided as it has ever been. And so with this political um, saturation that we are now experiencing, we see this now being dragged into the social media platforms. Now, unfortunately, I've said this uh, and it is absolutely the truth. Uh, we no longer have non-biased media sources. It, it's a thing of the past, everybody. There is not one single source, not one single news source that you can say um, 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 proclaims the news in an unbiased way. You know that and I know that. 
You know that and I know that. And I can pretty much tell you, you know, uh, by 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 finding out which news source you watch is what party affiliation you agree with, because we don't have a non-biased uh, news source anymore. We don't have that. I don't know if you guys um, remember uh, Hardball and uh, when they used to have two uh, varying opinions from two different political parties and they would come together on CNN and they would fight out their differences and things of that nature. You had uh, people like Larry King. I know this seems like a long time ago. You had Tom Brokoff. You had all of these people who were uh, unbiased uh, news journalists because to be a journalist, that's what it meant. If I'm going to be a journalist, I have to report the news, whether that news is going to offend me or not. But we no longer have a non-biased news source. CNN is biased. Fox News is biased. MSNBC is biased. ABC is biased. NBC is biased. We no longer have a non-biased news source. All of them uh, report according to their own prejudices. That puts us into very dangerous territory. So now we have a place to where we have banned um, the president of the United States because he is supposedly inciting hate speech. But I want to give you something here. If you go on Twitter right now, you'll still be able to find the page of Kim Jong-un. And that is the dictator out of Korea. You'll still be able to find Al-Shabaab. You'll still be able to find uh, um, um, uh, Al-Qaeda. You'll still be able to find, watch this, the Ku Klux Klan. You'll still be able to find organizations that have built their organizations upon violence that still have Twitter functions or Twitter page or Facebook pages. If, if the guidelines are the guidelines, then the guidelines should be the guidelines. If if and I, and I want to just stay with me because I'm, I'm going somewhere. It is important that we understand this, because whether you are Democrat or Republican, whether you hate him, whether you love him, what happened to him on the platform of Twitter should concern all Americans. However, the social media platform giants are 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 sanctioned or covered by Section 230, which is given to them by the Congress. And so whether or not you agree with what he says, listen, whether or not you agree with him or not, you should be concerned with the overreaching grasp of these particular social media platform companies. Because watch this, everybody, if they can do it to the president, which is the most powerful man in the world who has the most powerful office at his disposal, if they can do it to him, then what do you think they can do to you? What do you think they can do to me? If I go and I preach Exodus chapter number 32, where Moses came down off of Mount Sinai and Moses came down off of Mount Sinai and he drew a a line in the sand and he said, for those who are with God, you come on this side. And then all of those who came to the side of Moses, he told all of those men to pull out of their swords out of their sheaves. And he said to everybody that's on the other side, I want you to go and kill them. That's in Exodus chapter number 32 and 33, if you want to read it for yourself. If I get up there and preach that according to the guidelines of Twitter, then I have just violated and and caused an incitement of violence. That's what I've just done. And so now if that's the case, then I should be banned. 
Now, here's what it is. Here's what it is, everybody. And you got to see this for what it is. Again, we are in an age to where the public forum no longer, no longer will value dissenting opinions. They will no longer do it. Do y'all remember when Gail King uh, interviewed Lisa Leslie and she was asking Lisa Leslie about Kobe Bryant. And then she talked about Lisa Leslie talked about how great of a competitor he was and how he was a great mentor to him, uh, to her. And then Gail King brought up Kobe Bryant's rape case and social media went crazy. Uh, Snoop Dogg in particular got on his social media platform on Instagram and Twitter and violently threatened Gail King. Not, not only violently threatened her, but told her expletive, expletive, bleep, 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 bleep. This is what I'm going to do to you. We're going to send the boys after you because you disrespected the big homie Kobe Bryant's name. Y'all remember that? He was inciting violence with a direct threat of violence to another person publicly up on a social media platform. Guess what? Nothing happened to him. So when we start picking and choosing, and again, everybody, please hear what I'm saying. Please hear what I'm saying. This is not about a party affiliation. This is not whether you are Democrat or Republican. This is not whether you're red or blue. This has nothing to do with that. This has everything to do with the public discourse and being able to tolerate someone who disagrees with you, even if you view their speech as stupid or hateful. The only thing that you cannot do is you can't go into a crowded building and yell fire. Okay, I get that. I absolutely understand that. I get that. But I'm telling you something right now, everybody. This is not a conspiracy theorist. And I hate I even have to qualify that because conspiracy gets prosecuted all the time in the court of law. People get con people get convicted on conspiracy all the time. So I hate that when you're talking about somebody who claims to be a conspiracy theorist, this is somebody whose head is in the clouds and this, that and the other. No, 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 no. Please hear what I'm saying. You and me are being indoctrinated every single day. The things in which we see with our eye gate, the things in which come in our ear gate are, are meant to indoctrinate us every single day. And I believe one of the catalysts to this, one of the catalysts to these things is the media platform, not just the news that we see on TV, not just Fox News, uh, CNN, MSNBC and all of the like, but the social media platforms as well. Because right now we are in an era to where they are pitting person against person. They are pitting race against race. They are pitting white, uh, uh, rich people against poor people. They are pitting black people against white people. They are they are pitting this because watch this. If you put if, if, unity is something that we talk about in broad terms, but unity is very difficult to handle. And please hear this as a godly man, as a godly woman, as somebody that believes in the power of the word of God. I want you to hear something that may shock you. God ain't got nothing to do with white power. But watch this. God ain't got nothing to do with black power either. There's neither Jew nor Greek, male nor female, slave nor free. We are all one in Christ Jesus. God ain't walking around with his fist up saying black power. He's not also going around with his fist up talking about white power. There's no Aryan brotherhood in, in heaven. Uh, races don't get to enter into the kingdom of God. 
God ain't no nobody's side except the side of righteousness. And I have a I have a I have a news flash for you. When you get to heaven, God's not going to say black people over there, white people over there. He's not going to say Republicans over here, Democrats over there. He's not going to say rich people over here, rich people over there. That's not what he's going to say. Heaven is a place for all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. They are, they are pitting us against each other for the demise of our society. And I know that may seem crazy for some of us to understand. I understand that. I, I, I get what that looks like in the eyes of the people who see it. However, everybody, we got to be able to look at what's going on. The what's going on in America is a slow degradation away from the things of God, away from the things of God. And as, as, as farther as we get from the things of God, we will begin to see the things in which we're seeing right now. It's not a kumbaya moment. Um, it is about, listen, I love you enough to love you beyond the disagreements. If I can't love you beyond the disagreement, then my relationship ain't worth having in the first place. And so if we can't come to a place to where we can talk to each other, to where we can have rational conversations and even say stupid stuff that people might not necessarily agree with. That's the freedom that you enjoy when you come to America, when you live in America. And if I snatch away the ideas of free thought and free speech, then nothing separates America from communist China. Nothing separates America from a socialist society. Nothing does that. When I get to control what you hear and control what you see, I get to control what you believe. That's dangerous. And that's why the Bible says, come unto me all whosoever. The whosoever in the Bibles is some of the most, it's, it's one of the most important words that you will ever read in scripture because God is a God of whosoever. He never forces himself on you. There is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to avoid, but God leaves that decision with you. He loves you so much that he allows you to make decisions, even though he knows those decisions will be bad for you. But he gives you the ultimate gift, which is the choice, which is the gift of freedom and choice. And when there is no choice, there is no freedoms. So whether you agree with this stuff or not, whether you are enriched or entrenched in the political process or whether you are just somebody who kind of hears it here and there, what is happening right now should concern you. It should concern you. Uh, the Bill of Rights is something that is um, very true to our existence as Americans. We have um, the Bill of Rights and it is enshrined in these particular documents. And I want you to look over the last year, 2020 exclusively, and I want you to see how some of those rights, some of those intrinsic rights were violated all in the name of public health. And here's the problem. When you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. You need to understand that these things are not an option. They're not a choice. They're not something that we can put on the shelf for a season and then take them down when we're ready. No, these are your rights. You have certain rights. 
So when the Bill of um, Rights was enacted, um, it was construed mainly to shield speakers from imprisonment of anti-government views. And William Blackstone, uh, the English legal theorist, uh, closely read that the framers argued that the essence of free speech was forbidding for prior restraint. And so when they bring forth the 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 the, um, the, uh, the Bill of Rights and enacted the First Amendment with free speech, it was because that particular talk. We've got to remember the context of where America was in that particular time. Any speech that would deem um, um, dangerous to Great Britain would land you in prison. Or to a to a to a detriment to the king, to a detriment of the kingdom would land you in prison. And so one of the first things that they have to do in order to get freedom is to be able to talk about freedom. And so the Bill of Rights was enacted to enshrine the essence of speech. A citizen uh, possesses an undoubted right to lay what sentiment he pleases before the public. And James Madison consulted that while working on these First Amendment wordings said that we must take these consequences very seriously, that a citizen should be able to lay before the public his concerns for whatever concerns he may have. Now, again, everybody's got a right to speak. You got to earn the right to be heard, but you can't take away the right to speak. Now, as a pastor who makes um, his living, who engages in, in, in public speaking every single day of my life. Um, it is something that I do. My voice is my treasure. Um, I hold this to be very, 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 very dear to me. Um, and if you're watching this, you should be um, equally as concerned with it as well. Um, there is something going on in our nation right now to where we need to be greatly concerned about it. Um, when I heard about, and again, I've had the conversation with a couple of friends and I understand that the first amendment says that Congress shall enact no restrictions against the first amendment. I absolutely understand the wording of it before I come on you today on studio B to talk about, uh, the first amendment and the freedom of speech. I understand that because I've researched it, but here's what we got to understand. Here's what we have to understand. We are now, uh, shifted into a, a new culture, a new norm, uh, in our world today. It's a new, it's a brand new norm. It's a brand new norm. Do you know that 65% of all people under the age of 40 get their news from Twitter? 65% of all people under the age of 40, the millennials, those in that generation, get their news from Twitter, from social media platforms. Social media platforms that are undoubtedly bent toward one particular direction. That's where they get their information from. And I, I, I have some news for you, everybody. I have some news for you. Now, when we're looking at the social media platform, it was to give a voice to the voiceless. Not everybody could be a Dan Rather. Not everybody could be a Larry King. Not everybody could be, you know, these particular people that sit on these platforms on news stations and, and espouse the news in the way in which they do. Not everybody has that platform. So when social media arose and began to start to get in the steam that it currently now has, it was to give the voice to the voiceless. So now look at a look at a social media giant like Facebook. Facebook every single day has almost 1.6 billion users that access its platform every single day. Over a billion users a day access the Facebook platform. A billion. There's only 353 million people in America. 
I want you to think about the global reach that social media platforms have, even more so now than the news. Even more so now than CNN, than Fox and MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS. It has a more far reaching impact than the news stations do. Now, when you go buy a phone, now when you go buy a phone and you pull it out of the pack, guess what? It automatically has a Facebook and a Twitter app installed on the app. When you bring it right out of the pack, it's right there in your face. You have to download the other news sources. So we're living in a world right now to where people are accessing information in different forms. And so what we have to be able to do is to not be able to muffle voices that we don't agree with. Now, watch this. People say, well, he's spewing lies. People spew lies. Guess what, people? I know this is going to sound crazy, y'all. I get it. People got the right to lie. People, people got the right to lie. Think about it. You lie. Have lied. Is lying. Will lie. And, and here's the problem with trying to say that somebody is lying. We keep shifting the, the goal line on truth. So how do I know? I mean, I can't even say we're, we're now in 2021 to where I got to, you know, the, now the normie is talking about a man is a woman when a man is clearly still a man. We keep shifting the goal line. So there is no standard of truth. And I'm asking right now, when did Twitter and when did Facebook and when did Instagram and and all these other social media platforms, when did they become the moral uh, cop to America? When did they begin to start to define what morality is, what's good and what's bad? That's the job that's reserved to the church of Jesus Christ. And so as you're looking at what's going on right now in the world, um, I want you to be not concerned. I don't want you to go out there and start screaming, you know, this, that and the other. I do want you to be well versed in what's going on. I don't want to live in a dictatorship. I don't want to live in a in a society where people tell me what to think and they and they punish me for things that I don't that I that I say. Now, now everybody, please hear me. There is consequences to our words. There's consequences to our words. That's why that's why God in his infinite wisdom gave us two ears and one mouth because he wants us to listen more than we speak. There's consequences to our words. You have the power of life and death and the power of your tongue. Like this thing right here. That's why God has put it in the mouth, put teeth behind it, in front of it, and put lips over the top of it. Because he wants it to move at a snail's pace. So you got to do a lot to get to this tongue. Because it can be dangerous. James even talks about that. That this particular tongue can set hell on fire. It's like the rudder of a ship. It's like the bit in a horse's mouth. It's small, but it's got a lot of power. But I want you to hear something really quickly as we talk about this. Um, In the book of Galatians, chapter number four, verse number 16, here's what Paul says. Have I then become an enemy to you by telling you the truth? You want to snuff my voice, Paul says to the church of Galatia, because I'm telling you the truth. Paul says, because I'm coming to you speaking God's word, which is the truth, you want to shut me up. And truth, in order for it to be truth, must be convenient. Now, coming through this political this political season, and man, it's been a doozy. Uh, we are just uh, three weeks into the brand new year, and look at what 2021 has brought so far. It is going to be a doozy. 
I do not believe that we are out of the eye of the storm. I do not believe that. I believe that 2021 is going to bring, uh, I'm not speaking anything to existence or nothing like that, but I do believe that 2021 is going to bring further melee that we're going to have to deal with. And you're going to have to have your, your spiritual boots strapped on real tight um, in order to survive this, this, rough, this rough ride. Um, God is, by his infinite wisdom, by his uh, sovereign knowledge, is allowing certain things to happen in this world. Uh, I do believe that it is a time of separating the wheat from the chaff. That's a whole nother podcast that we will get into. But we ought to be aware. We ought to be aware. And I am I, I am of the stern belief that America um, in all its glory um, and all that goes on uh, in and behind the scenes. I personally please hear what I'm saying. I personally do not trust anybody in government. I believe that all those uh, think about it. Why would why would somebody run for president and spend a uh, hundred million dollars to get a job that pays them four hundred thousand dollars a year. So if they serve for four years, they've only made one point six million dollars, but they spent a hundred million dollars to get a job that pays them one point six million dollars over four years. Like the numbers don't even make sense. We all know, we all know, you ain't got to be well-versed in politics, um, that politics is about power. It is about the attaining of power. It is about pushing po uh, political agendas and, and special interests. And anybody in political offices and in political uh, parties can push the agendas of those who are providing the funds for those agendas. We all know that, everybody. We all know that. We all know that. Uh, so I personally don't hold a lot of stake in government, but I do, as a Christian, have to stand on the side of government. I got to stand on the side of government because Romans 13 says that God has given us government. But we also know that the government rests on his shoulders. And so while I'm not a, a, a purveyor of those in government, I believe that once you get in, principles are compromised, beliefs are compromised, and you become a status quo politician, just kind of doing what needs to be done for the people that you need to do it for. And the people like you and me, the bottom level people, the, the lower class, the middle class, those kind of people that are going out to work every single day and doing what we need to do in order to take care of our families and survive and do the best that we can and live the best life that we can, we are left on the fringes of all of this. We're left to fend for ourselves while those in which we put in office are supposed to be advocating for us. Please don't forget this. Government is supposed to be for the people and by the people. That's what government is supposed to be about. We send people to these particular offices in whatever state and in whatever capacity to work on our behalf, not to work on their own special interest. So when you're talking about the government, the government has a lot of flaws. The government has all of these particular things. But I believe that what we are missing right now it's first a drawing closer to God uh, in regards to the leaders that are in these government officials, uh, in these government positions. Paul tells us to pray for those who are in authority. Pray for them. And I mean, I mean, not just throwing up a prayer against the wall and hoping that it sticks, but praying for them, because I believe that compromise is just par for the course when you're going into the political arena. 
Uh, I believe that that giant is a big giant. It, it is a politics is the Goliath. Uh, and I haven't seen a David that came along to slay that giant as of yet. It's a big giant. And so as I'm looking at what's going on in the world, as we are travailing in this world, I want you to make sure that you keep the main thing, the main thing. Um, we cannot tolerate infringes upon our personal freedoms. We cannot tolerate that. We cannot tolerate that. Romans chapter 14, verse number one says, as for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him, but do not quarrel over opinions. Let the person think what they're going to think. And, and the greatest way that I've been able to live my life through the, the interest of public forum, I, I, I actually enjoy public forum. I actually enjoy uh, talking to people with different opinions because what it does is it widens my horizon. Uh, because a lot of us kind of live in our own world according to our own beliefs and you believe what you believe and you believe what you believe and you don't open yourself to different opinions that may broaden your horizon. And so I welcome the, the, the table of an open forum where people don't necessarily believe what I believe because it enriches me as a person to get some knowledge that I previously did not have. And so I personally welcome that because I believe that it's beneficial. And that's one of the ways that you grow as a person is by inviting people into your space that don't necessarily check all the boxes in your life that may disagree with you. And then you can still have a fruitful relationship on that um, charge. In Deuteronomy chapter one, verse 16 and 17, it says, I charge the judges at that time. Hear the cases between your brothers judge righteously between a man and his brother or an alien who is with him. You shall not be partial in judgment. You shall hear the small and the great alike. You shall not be intimidated by anyone for the judgment is God's. And if a case is too hard for you, you shall bring it to me and I will hear it. So God is saying that we are to hear the great and the small, that there should be no partiality in our judgment. What a word is that for today? What a word for today. I want to encourage you, um, people of God, that where you're at right now, I want you to hold on to God's unchanging hand. God is a good God. Uh, I try my best um, not to get so apolitical um, because I believe that no matter who's in office, that person is going to eventually be out of office. Uh, I often use the the illustration, not the illustration, but uh, the biblical passage that this too shall pass. Um, this too shall pass. No matter what difficult time you may be in, this too shall pass. And, and, and the problem that we have and the problem that I want to leave, and not just the problem that I want to leave, but the solution. But the issue that we have right now is that we are placing too much hope. Too much trust into fallible men. You're putting all of your hope into fallible men. Men that's got issues just like you do. Men that's got to bow before God just like you do. Men that's got to repent before God just like you do. Men that's got issues just like you. Fallible men. Fallible men can't handle the problems of fallible men. And so, uh, uh, people of God, please hear what I'm saying. Please, please hear what I'm saying. Um, I, I understand the times that we're in right now, but everybody keep your eyes looking up. Um, 
I, I, this this political season that we're in right now, um, man, this is a lot. It's a lot. Uh, I would encourage you to turn off the TV, uh, to do a zero dark 30 on social media, um, to go silent um, and to clear your head um, at times. Take a week off. Take a couple weeks off. Um, recalibrate, um, you know, do a course correct if you can um, so that you can kind of get your mind cleared of all of this stuff that's going on. There's a lot. Um, the stuff that happened last week on the Capitol, that's a lot to deal with. Um, the stuff that's been happening in our world over the last year and a half, that's a lot to deal with. COVID-19, it's a lot to deal with. Um, there's a lot coming our way. Um, but everybody, I do believe in the name of Jesus that he is able to handle all the things in which trouble our souls. I believe it. Uh, I believe it. Um, and so in believing it, there is a part that we play. We play a part. And I want to I, I want to leave you with this. Um, the divisions that are being um, etched in our landscape right now can do nothing but bring about our demise. It can do nothing but bring about our demise. Um, the enemy understands the power of division. Um, the enemy understands the power of division. He understands that. And so he uses division as one of his greatest vices. You will never be able to build on that which is divided. You just can't. You can't build a more prosperous place if the people in the place are divided. If we are divided as Democrats and Republicans, if we are divided as black against white, if we are divided as rich against poor, then there will never be a time in which we can all go about building a more perfect union. Not if we're divided. And division, please hear what I'm saying. Division is of the devil. Division is of the devil. It's of Satan himself. It's a wonderful tool that he uses, and it works time and time again. Before any divorce happens, there first is a division in the home. Division is a vice of the enemy. And I believe strongly with all of my heart that it is the number one vice that he is using right now in these United States. I don't know, and I can't speak for what's going on in the rest of the world, but in these United States, I believe that the vice of division is being used greatly. And so while I'm not going to say we're going to come together and have a kumbaya moment, give people the space to be who they are. Whether you agree with them or not is irrelevant to the point that human decency should be in us all. So everybody, I want to encourage you. I want to uh, make sure that you stay prayed up, make sure that you stay connected to God. Um, God is doing something in the midst of this, um, but God is requiring our assistance. Um, God can do it all by himself, but he works in and through people. And let me just leave this with you. Not one side is all right. Not one side is all wrong. <laughs> Come on. There's your side. There's your side. And then there's the truth. There's three sides to every story, your side, their side, and the truth. And hopefully what we're able to do is to try to find the truth in this and so that we may honor God 
um, in our lives. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us here on the set of Studio B for the next couple of weeks, man. I got some great guests uh, that are going to be joining me on the set. I'm looking forward to some great conversations, some great dialogue, and I believe that God is going to bless this podcast and those who uh, are watching it. Make sure on all of those platforms that you're accessing this podcast, make sure that you like, follow, subscribe so that you don't miss one single episode of Studio B. Man, God bless you and your family. May God keep you is my prayer. Until I see you next week, have a great day.